This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise the Lord. Good to see all of you this morning. How many of y'all believe that Jesus is the healer? Come on now. I just want to thank Pastor Dave for having me in. We've been talking over the last couple of weeks, and, uh, and, I, and I understand that, what was it, last month when you guys had the healing service, John Routon was here? Were y'all here when John Routon, the missionary, was here? And, and I know John Routon a little bit, but uh, I understand that he shared you know, part of my testimony, but that was just the preview. Now you get the real thing. So anyway, so everybody say, God is good. God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. I want you to just go ahead. Let's just, uh, let's just take a moment this morning. You know, I got so fired up about the uh, praise and worship, about resurrection life. I wasn't ready to quit, right? You know, we got the same power, the same spirit that raised up Jesus. Come on now. I mean, we ought to be the happiest people on the planet. Hello, we ought to be the happiest people on the planet. We have resurrection life, resurrection power, you know. And in fact, uh, it reminded me of a couple years ago, I was called to um, pray for this man in the hospital. He was a, he was a Presbyterian minister. And, you know, of course, you know, someone said, just, he's, he's dying, you know, he, he's had this stroke, he's had a heart attack, he's, he's in the uh, ICU, and, you know, and he's, he's, he's you know, he's, they don't think he's going to make it, you know, through the night. And, you know, and, of course, in your mind, you don't think that a Presbyterian minister, you know, may have knowledge of healing and that sort of thing. And so, so you know, I just, uh, I went to the, uh, with this person to the ICU, and, and, uh, and so I get in there, and, and sure enough, you know, he's, he's hooked up to all kinds of things. And, and uh, so I, I just got out my Bible, and I just started, you know, uh, Praying, and I just started, you know, kind of reading some some scriptures out loud and and different things. And then, as as I'm praying and and just reading a few healing scriptures, all of, all of a sudden his body started thrashing, and he started like jumping off the bed. Okay, like his body was just thrashing, and 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 so these, uh, it looked like he was having another heart attack or another stroke or something. I mean, I I mean. And, and so these nurses rushed into the to his room there, and they're like, "Oh my gosh! You know, oh my gosh! You know, they're they're checking this, and they're trying to put his body down because he's just thrashing and thrashing." In the meantime, I just started praying in the spirit. You know, and I just started speaking life and speaking healing out loud. You know, and um, and and so and and so he, I, I, he, while while this guy is thrashing. He looks over at me. I've never met him. He's never met me. And, and he points his finger at me. And he says, Ephesians. And I thought, did he just say Ephesians? He says, Ephesians. And he's thrashing. And they're, and they're trying to calm him down. And, and he's, Ephesians. I'm like, okay, he's saying Ephesians. So, so I turn to Ephesians. He says, 320. I'm like, okay, 320. Ephesians. Everybody say Ephesians 320. Anybody know what Ephesians 3.20 says? God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all we could ask, think, or imagine. All right? Now, I stopped right there. I said it out loud. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all we could ask, think, or imagine. I stopped. He said, according, according. I said, he just said according. I, I only read half the verse. And now I'm going, okay, this pastor, he's got, he's got more than I think that he's got. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so he says, according. And I said, yeah, yeah, according to the power. And I said, to the power. He said, dunamis. I'm like, oh, my goodness. How many of you know what dunamis means, right? Dynamite power. How many you know we have dynamite power? We have resurrection life living inside of us. Come on, church. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Boy, if we could really have that register on the inside of us, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know, the, the, a while ago, the Lord told me, he said, Brian, if you, if you only knew, it, you know, he said, what would you do if you knew you had all authority? All authority over sickness and disease. 
How would you live your life? How would you live your life if you knew it was impossible for you to fail? Well, we can't fail because we have God living in us. It's impossible for God to fail. It's impossible for us to fail. Hallelujah. Well, well, that, that day in that hospital, that man and me, and I, I, started, I started saying, wow, wow, wow. And I started reading that scripture according to the power, according to the resurrection power, according to a resurrection life that lives inside of us. And he, he started, he was trying to raise his hands, you know, while he's thrashing around and everything. And then I went over and I laid my hands on his body. How many know that our, our hands are Holy Ghost jumper cables? Everybody say it. Say, my hands are Holy Ghost jumper cables. <laughs> and I laid my hands on him and just released that life and the power. And, 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 and so, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes later, I left the, the hospital. And, uh, and so I called. The, I happened to call the next morning at about 8 a.m. Now, this is ICU. This is the guy who's had stroke, heart attack, thrashing, didn't think they were going to make it through the night. I mean, this just doesn't happen. Anybody works in the hospital, anybody works in the ICU. Do you know that the next morning at 8 a.m., he, he was already dismissed? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think it had something to do with resurrection power, resurrection life. Can we give up, give up, lift up our hands this morning and go before the Lord? And Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for an injection of, of Holy Ghost power, an infusion this morning of life and anointing, Lord God. If we only knew, Paul prayed that we would know, we would know these things. We would know the hope of our calling. We would know what's been deposited in us 2,000 years ago, that the same spirit that raised up Jesus dwells in us. Everybody say it. Say the same spirit. That raised up Jesus dwells in me. The same life that God has, I have. That life lives, resides, dwells in me. My hands are Jesus' hands. My hands are Holy Ghost jumper cables. When I lay my hands on those who are sick, Sickness leaves and healing goes into their bodies. That same spirit that raised up Jesus dwells in me, lives in me, abides in me. Greater is the anointing in me than any sickness that's around me. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a big shout this morning to Jesus. Give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now you feel much better, don't you? <laughs> you feel much better. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm so honored to be with you guys this morning. And uh, thank you, Pastor David and Yen. And uh, I remember, uh, Pastor David, uh, when, when you were single. Before you found your good thing. And I remember us uh, in Tulsa several times and restaurants, eating and fellowshipping. And remember he was believing God for a wife and we were believing God for a wife with him, you know. And uh, and uh, but, you know, I just I I love Pastor David. You guys are so blessed to have him and just the spirit that he exudes. You know, it's it's just intoxicating. Right. He he just uh, and, and, you know, it's like. uh, so if you ever need encouragement, just go see Pastor David, right? Because he just, encouragement just oozes out, right? Yes. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. And so if you, if you ever need a lift, if you ever need, you know, a, a, a word from God, he'll, he'll give you at least three, all right? He'll, he'll, he'll give you at least a couple of messages and, you know, and, and, uh, but I, I love it, man, you know, because this guy lives on overflow. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give it up for Pastor David and Yen and... Hallelujah. We, we all should be living on overflow. Praise the Lord. Good to see you guys. I, th- I think we're getting there. I think, you know, this, this morning. And so we're going to talk about healing. And, and uh, pastors asked me to share my testimony and share different parts of the, my testimony with you this morning. And so um, 
And so if you would just reach out to the person next to you and just put your hand on their, their, in their hand or hand on their shoulder. And, and uh, let's just go before the Lord one more time. Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do. We welcome you to move here today. Father, we, we release that anointing to heal. We release that anointing to see new things that we've never seen before, that the spirit of seeing, the spirit of knowing, that we'll know more, that we'll see more than we've ever seen and known. And so, Lord, today we thank you for this great and awesome morning. Thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we make the choice to rejoice. And so, Lord, I thank you for every person, every family represented, and I speak the blessing of the Lord. Blessing, the blessing of the Lord over each person, over each family member. We thank you, Lord, that they are blessed coming in, they are blessed going out. Everything they set their hands to prospers in the mighty name of Jesus. In all in agreement, said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen? Amen. Um, this morning, I want you to turn your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 5 and also to um, John chapter 2. And as you're turning there, I'm going to make a few comments. You know, um, I just returned uh, from the Middle East about two weeks ago. I was in Turkey. And that's about four years ago, I was in a I was at a conference and I was sitting on a back row and uh, there was another speaker and and I was just there in that conference just kind of enjoying the word and and uh, the presence of God and and so I was sitting on the back row and there's probably about 2000 people were there and and uh, I found myself just starting to to weep and I'm I'm thinking what what's going on here I'm just I found myself weeping and and uh, something was welling up on the inside of me. How many, have you ever had the Holy Spirit come, maybe, uh, maybe somewhere unexpected, or, or maybe, maybe you're in your shower, or maybe you're in your car, but, but the Holy Spirit just begins to, you, you know it's the Holy Spirit. You can't sometimes um, put, it, put it into English or articulate it, but you, know, you just know that the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, is, 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 is doing a work, right? How many have ever helped, felt that before? And so... Uh, so I was just sitting there, you know, and I, I was, I, just, I was, it was welling up, and and I found myself weeping. I found myself crying, you know, and of course I look around, and nobody else is <laughs> is weeping or crying. Everyone's else just listening to the speaker, you know. And so I, I sat there for a few more minutes, and I just said, well, Lord, what is this? What, what what's going on here? I know, I know something's happening, and so, um, and so. Uh, uh, so I, I finally just got up and, and uh, dismissed myself and went back to the hotel. And I, uh, I spent the next uh, two or three days just before the Lord. And, um, and so um, he had me turn to Isaiah chapter 60 where it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. How many of you are familiar with that verse of Scripture? And, and, uh, but then as you look further, it talks about um, kings shall come in and and the multitude shall come in and, uh, and uh, into the kingdom. And then in verse number 8, it talks about the sons of Ishmael uh, shall come in like a mighty cloud. And people will say, where did this cloud come from? And when I got to that verse, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, uh, I've given you a new assignment. I've given you a new assignment uh, to reach the Muslim world. And so... Uh, I realized that was the burden, that was the intercession, that was the, uh, that that was what I was, was feeling there. That, and so, um, so since then, we just started believing God for some things to you know to happen. And I had, of course, I came home and told my wife, and this is what the Lord Lord just gave us a new assignment. Of course, she's she's fine with it, but she's like, okay, so I'm, I'm good with it. But you know, how does one go into the Middle East? How does one go into the Muslim world? You know, but uh, but praise God, it's been a it's been really an amazing uh, short, I uh, can't believe it's just been uh, just over three and a half years now, but uh, God has just divine appointments and set, set things up in motion, and so, uh, so just so many great things are happening in the Middle East, and you know, things that you know, you're not going to hear on the fake news or the, the news media, you know, typically, but so many different Muslims are coming to Christ, and 
Muslims are having visitations with Jesus. And, and, and so, um, so I was just in Turkey and then I'll be going to, uh, back to Egypt with my friend, Dr. Ryan Charles. And, and so the government has, has given me, you know, along with him, you know, 40 years uh, of um, uh, government permission to, to go and to preach the gospel there in Egypt. And so we're having uh, one of the first, really the first ever evangelistic service there. And uh, it's called the, the Rock Church or the Cave Church uh, in Cairo. And, um, and so up until now, it's only been the Coptic church that's been able to meet, you know, usually on Easter and Christmas, very limited. Uh, so the government could say that they truly, truly believed in freedom of religion. And so, um, but now, by now we're going to be able to have a full evangelistic service, first, first of its kind. All the mu Muslims are invited, Christians are invited, and, and so we've, we've got a team of about 30 people that are going over uh, to, to help with this. And so, uh, but, but in the, in, so now we're able to be also approved to start a Bible school there. And, um, and so then, I just, I just got a message yesterday that... Uh, that there are dozens and dozens of underground churches that, that want to come, and, and they also want us to come, you know, and, into their places. And so uh, there's so much I could share with you, but there's, there's just, I don't have the time, you know, at this point. But, uh, you know, God is doing some amazing things around the world, and so uh, it's just amazing to be living in this time, right? To see literally every prophecy fulfilled, all right? And... Um, and so the Isaiah 19 highway is being built. If you're familiar with that, uh, President Sisi of Egypt has hired the Christians, employed them to build the highway that goes from Egypt to Assyria. And, and that's part of that Isaiah 19 prophecy that in the last days, Egypt will call upon my name. I will be known in Egypt, and Egypt and Assyria and Israel will worship my name together. And so let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Let's just thank the Lord for his goodness and his grace and... and uh, and then on, on Wednesday morning, I also I, I leave for um, um, for South Dakota for the Sioux Indian Reservation, and that's just another awakening that's happening with the Indian reservations. And 1975, Billy Graham prophesied that uh, God would use the the Native Americans; they were the sleeping giants. God would use the Native Americans to reach to to to, to bring about this last great awakening in our country, and so. God is doing great things. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give it up one more time to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So this morning, I want you to turn your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 5 and also John chapter 2. You know, there was a study that was done just recently by a Bible scholar. He did a research on the Great Commission. And so he went through each generation. I have no idea how he did this, but he went through each generation that has, has, has lived on the earth since Jesus' time. And he, uh, he, he proved that each generation had uh, both the resources and the ability to accomplish the Great Commission in that generation. Kind of amazing, right? That each generation that has lived... Each generation had the ability in the resources to reach and to, and to fulfill the Great Commission for that generation. But he said, our generation, however, has nearly 25 times the ability in the resources to fulfill the Great Commission. I don't know about what that does to you, but that, that just really excites me because, you know... Um, I would just love to see the Great Commission become the Great Completion. How about you? Amen. How, 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 you know, how would you like to see this Great Commission that Jesus gave us to go into all the world, preach the gospel? And, of course, we're all part of it, right? How many of y'all are part of the Great Commission? Amen. Yeah, we're, we all have a part to play, right? And, and it says that believers shall what? Lay hands on the sick and they shall... Recover, they shall be healed. All right? And, and so that, that means that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Amen. Jesus is, isn't coming back for a sick or weak or defeated church. Amen. He's coming back for a, a glorious, a victorious, healed church. 
You know, and as I read my Bible, I, I, I see this, that God hasn't called us to pray for the sick. He's called us to heal the sick. Come on, church. I mean, do we have a little more work to do, right? Uh, when, it talks, when he says we're, we're to heal the sick, we're to lay our hands on the sick and, and to release the healing power of God into their bodies. We're to fulfill the Great Commission. But wouldn't it be great if we all just teamed up together? If we all just teamed up together and we just decided, you know what? We're going to see the Great Commission completed in our generation. Have y'all, does that excite you like, like it excites me? Come on now. And, and so, so, uh, so, so guess what? You're still on the earth. You're still here. God has a purpose. God has a plan. You see, once the church, when we realize what we're talking about this morning is that we have resurrection power. I remember we, uh, my kids, you know, when you grow up in the healing ministry, your kids, sometimes, they, well, they, 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 they see miracles, they see healings. And, and I remember one time we had, um, we had a hamster that had, um, had died while we were on vacation. And uh, we'd been gone for about 10 days. And my daughter, Emily, she comes into her bedroom and looks into the hamster cage. And here's Oreo (laughs) with rigor mortis. So, of course, she calls dad and mom. Come on, we got to raise up Oreo. That's when, that's when you know whether you believe it or not, right? <laughs> and how can you say no, right? How can you say no to your own kids? Or, or how can you say, well, I'm not sure, or whatever else? No, I mean, this is what we preach. This is what we preach. How many of y'all, how many of y'all believe this word, right? If either you have the same power or you don't. Either you know you've got the power or you, or you don't, right? And so, so sure enough, we gathered around, we prayed for, for Oreo. And in my mind, though, I, was, I, was, I had a few little doubts, right? In my mind. But you know what? But we were, we were using our faith. We were believing God. And we prayed over Oreo. And he's like this, you know. And we're speaking life. And, and then all of a sudden, a few seconds later, we, I just I, I looked and it was like. And I'm like, I said to my wife, did you see that? She said, well, I was about to ask you, did you see that? <laughs> it was just one little heartbeat. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that. And so then all of a sudden, right, it, it got us going even more. And so we started praying and praying and praying and speaking life. And then all of a sudden, and then, then, then Oreo came back to life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, there was a man years ago, a Baptist man by the name of P.C. Nelson, and uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't really much believe in healing. And, and, uh, but then one day he was in an accident where his leg got run over, and this, uh, this, other, uh, this other man uh, who was a Pentecostal, he, he came running over and he, he, he prayed for, the, for his leg you know, to be healed and restored. And so sure enough, his leg was, was healed and restored. And so... So, uh, so he, even though he didn't believe it before, guess what? He, he, he believed it after, right? You know, and so, um, so you may not have seen these things, but guess what? It doesn't change who God is. God is still in the business of healing. He's never changed, right? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But P.C. Nelson, he made this statement. He said, you know, uh, some, some subjects are good to know, but then others are essential. And he said healing is one of those essential subjects to know. Why? Because it doesn't just affect us. It affects other people. One of the things I admire about John G. Lake, how many of y'all are familiar with John G. Lake? 100,000 miracles and all those different things in five years. And, but did you know his upbringing? You know how he got started. He grew up in a family where he watched eight of his siblings die. 
Can you imagine watching eight brothers and sisters die? What kind of effect? For most people, they'd, they'd give up. They go, we don't understand this. This thing about healing, I, I, don't, I don't get it. But not only that, his wife was sick with a disease, his mother was sick with a disease, and he was also diagnosed with a disease. But you know what he decided? He said, you know what, I'm going to get into this book, and I'm going I'm to get into here, and I'm going to figure this thing out. And that's what he did. He spent time, he got into the Word, he began to uh, figure, figure some things out. He began to see, uh, for, the, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. He, he began to find out his rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. He, he, he began to see things from a new light. I mean, you know, even as much as we've heard about healing, there's always new things to see, right? And, and so, so all of a sudden, then he took off to South Africa, and he shows up, and the, the bubonic plague is, is, is going on. And so he got right in the middle of that, and he, he started uh, laying hands on the sick, and, and he started, um, you know, he, you know he, and, and people showed up, and they said, how are, you, how are you not contracting the disease? And he, and, and he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm immune from this. I'm not under the law of sin and death. I'm, uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death, all right? So this doesn't have any effect on me. Just look at the germs. Check it under a microscope. You'll see that the moment those germs touch my body, they die instantly in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and, and through his hands, through, his, through one man's hands, the plague stopped. How much, how much could be done now in our generation through one person, right? One man's hands, one woman's hands. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Let's stir ourselves up in the Holy Ghost this morning. One person's hands can stop an entire plague. Hallelujah. That's how much power we have. That's how much life we have. Resurrection life. Resurrection power. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm trying to get to the message, but uh, <laughs> I'm still back in the worship. I'm still back there. It's just that just stirs me up. And I, and I just want to welcome my dear friends here, too, um, John and Kate and Gloria and uh, McDonald and, uh, and Pat and Lynn Murphy and Dale and Terry. Good to have you guys with us this morning. So let's look here in 2 Kings chapter 5. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Everybody say a leper. The Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master, saying, This thus and thus says the girl who is from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. It happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. And Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times in your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, 
He will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and far, far the rivers of Damascus better than the water of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? And he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? You see, he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was made clean. Praise the Lord. Now turn your Bible to John chapter 2. Let's go to the New Testament here, John chapter 2. You know that story we just read about Naaman. Naaman was not in covenant with God. God provided a healing covenant for his people. But yet God always sends mercy, doesn't he? His mercies are new every morning. That just shows you how much that God wants us well. Thank God for the covenant that we have of healing. But even under the Old Testament... God would heal someone outside of the covenant. Why? Because his mercy endures forever. Amen? Amen. For the Lord is good. And so, see here we see in John chapter 2, the first miracle of Jesus, where Jesus turned water into wine. And, um, and so, it says, when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And in Next verse says, And his mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Let's all say that. Whatever he says to you, do it. One more time. Whatever he says to you, do it. Again. Whatever he says to you, do it. Or we could just say, just do it. Everybody say, just do it. You know, I've uh, looked at healing for a long time, and and uh, what I've really found is about five common denominators of people who receive healing. Five common de- denominators, okay? And uh, number one is, uh, how many know that God's Word is the seed? Amen. All right, and that seed must be sown. There's healing seed, there's healing promises. All God's promises are what? Yes and amen, right? And so, uh, so it takes seed, right? Because the whole kingdom of God is based upon a seed principle, all right? And so people hear the word, people hear, hey, Jesus, the name Jesus, people hear about Jesus, or they, they hear um, uh, the promises of God, they begin to hear. Uh, and that word is like a seed. And, and, and second thing is, is uh, we typically see the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit involved. I remember, you know, uh, we graduated from Ramah, and, and of course, Brother Hagen had tremendous testimony, and he was, you know, dying of a ter- terminal blood disease and heart condition, and, and so he's, you know, he's laying in his bed, you know, and uh, and and so um, the Holy Spirit said to him, "Your answer is in that book. Pick up that book. That's." The, the Bible. Your answer's in the Bible. So he picked up the Bible. He began to scroll through the, the, the pages, and, and, and all of a sudden he found, he found Mark 11, 23 and 24, and the Holy Spirit said, that there, right there, that's, that's your answer. <laughs> okay. And so, so it took the Word, it took the, the Spirit, right? Uh, and of course, then it took that, then he began to get a revelation of Mark 11, 23 and 24, um, have the God kind of faith. Whoever would speak to the mountain, you know, and believe in his heart, whatever he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Um, and so, um, so you see typically the word, the spirit. The third thing is obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Sometimes there's things we have to do. Hello. 
Even though healing has been provided for us, guess what? We have a part. We have to contend. We have to go after. You know, I like what Mark Hankins said. Mark Hankins says, um, Act, fight like you're the third monkey trying to get on the ark. <laughs> did, you, did you get that? <laughs> and the Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Fight like you're the third monkey trying to get on the ark. And I tell you, church, the greatest tribute that we can give to Jesus is to go after our healing. Because it costs Jesus everything. You know, when I was in Egypt and I was looking at this huge mural of all the tools that were used for the crucifixion, I said, my gosh, my gosh, little, so little do we know. The price, the cost, and my friend Dr. Run for three days ran through the whole spiel of, of everything that Jesus went to at the whipping post. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, if, if people only knew. He said, I know if people only knew. See, the greatest tribute that we can give to Jesus is to go after everything that he provided for us 2,000 years ago. If you want to break through when it comes to healing, guess what? Keep your foot on the accelerator. Just refuse to quit. Just refuse to give up. Come on now. And and refuse to settle for less. Because a lot of times we like we we get older, we're compromising, we're well, it's not that big of a deal. No, no, the greatest tribute that you can give to Jesus is to go after your healing. Come on, church. Let's not compromise. Let's not settle for less. Let's let's go on and on and on and believe God. How many of y'all willing to go on and on and on and on until you get it, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the fact is, is the truth is, is that we are healed. We are healed. Everybody say, I is healed. (laughs) I am healed. See, but we have to contend for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, 1987, I was, found found myself laying in a hospital room. I thought at the time the doctor said I had a kidney stone or appendicitis. The doctors walked in and they said, young man, we've got bad news to tell you. You have terminal, incurable cancer. This type of cancer grows by the hour. The tumors grow double in size every 48 hours. And so this type of cancer, you're in the last stages, there's, there's been no survivors. So, you know, up until that point in my life, uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my parents uh, uh, were youth, youth leaders in, in their Baptist church, and then, then uh, in the charismatic renewal, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and, uh, and some of y'all remember those, some of those days, and, 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 then, and then they wanted more, so they went into healing services, and uh, and so, so we, we, we definitely believed in healing, and I saw, I saw a lot of miracles when I was uh, a young person. And so um, it never, I never doubted that, that Jesus was the healer. I never doubted that, uh, that sickness is the work of the devil. Amen. Never doubted that, because I always know that God is good. Yes. How many of y'all believe God is good? And, yes. and uh, it's his will for us to be healed and to, to walk in divine health. And so, um, and so, but you know, it, there's another thing when it's you. It's one thing to see other people get healed. But when it's you that's laying in the bed and the doctor gives you a grim report and says you have an incurable terminal disease. All right. That's, that's when you find out what you really know and believe. And so, uh, so the doctor came in. He 
he did his job and then I'll never forget uh, we, were, we were my family my mother my father and I were just we were just sitting there for just a, probably three seconds and then my mother reached inside her purse pulled out the word of God opened up to Isaiah 53 says whose report are we going to believe Amen. whose report do we believe hallelujah and so um, so it was so we gathered together we came in agreement we're going to believe God's report over any other report so anything that's contrary come on church anything that the doctor says that's contrary anything that the nurses say that's contrary everything that, that my body says that might be contrary guess what we're going to believe God's report over any other reports. Aren't you glad this morning that we have the report of the Lord? Hallelujah. And so, uh, so I was taken to uh, Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, the, uh, in, in three days, the cancer grew from the size of a golf ball to the size of a basketball. So when I arrived in Bethesda, Maryland, the National Institute of Health, I was... I was it looked like I, I felt like I was eight or nine months pregnant. I mean, I had this tumor sticking out of my abdomen, okay, and my kidneys had stopped functioning, and um, and so, um, so they, uh, the doctors there, you know, looked looked at me and looked at the X-rays, and uh, we I was in this examination room, and and um, and then it just got real quiet. And after the doctors had done their thing, guess what? They just walked out. So my parents got up and they walked down the hall. They found the doctors just there in the hall, just kind of talking. And the doctors turned around and they said, uh, your son, your son's dying. There's nothing we can do. He has terminal incurable cancer. Listen, it's Tuesday morning. His organs are are." are are beginning to stop functioning. It's Tuesday morning. You need to make the funeral arrangements because your son's not going to be alive by Friday. So my parents listened. And then they came back in the room when we opened up to Isaiah 53. <laughs> Whose report do you believe? Whose report do you believe? And I'll never, I was, I was admitted in that hospital and I was put on the 13th floor. I did not know that the 13th floor was the floor of death. And so it was the floor of the incurables. So you, you only were put on the 13th floor unless you were expected to die. And so immediately as I was on that floor, I realized, boy, the atmosphere's so different. And I realized everyone was talking the problem. Everyone was expecting to die. The doctors, the nurses, the patients. People were crying, saying goodbye. Everyone was expecting to die. Everyone had accepted man's report. And I realized, thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said to me, he said, Brian, if you allow yourself to think the same way and speak the same way that everyone else is speaking, you're going to get the exact same result that everyone else is getting. And I turned to Romans in chapter 8, and he talked about to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many know, church, that sickness isn't just a physical condition, but it's also a way of thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And, you know, and, and let's face it, church, we're, we're up against a culture, a culture of sickness, a culture of pharmaceuticals. We're up against a culture where, where people just automatically identify, Right? With, with man, with man's report, with the pharmaceutical, the medical report, the medicine. And we're not against medicine, are we? We're, anything that, that God has created that can help us, 
But guess what? I, I tell people, listen, uh, I don't mind you, 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 you know, being uh, you know, on medicine, but just don't stay medicated. Let's, let's believe God for bigger. I mean, how many of y'all really want to see those advertisements, right, with, with the complications of all the medications, you know? I mean, and, and, and I remember this guy came up to me not too long ago, and he, he's like 32 years of age, and he's, he, he, he's, he's telling me, he, he, you know, uh, what the doctor said, and he's on this medication. He says, uh, he says uh, I'm 32 years of age, and I'm going to have to take this medication for the rest of my life. I said, what did you say? I said, he said, I'm 32 years of age and I'm going to have to take this medication for the rest of my life. I said, are you serious? Do you really want that? And he said, well, but the doctor, da, 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 da. I said, wait, 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 wait. The doctor? I said, did God say that? Because if, if God didn't say that, then you shouldn't accept it. Then you shouldn't put up with it. Now, I know I'm hitting on some nerves this morning, okay? All right? But, but see, we have to fight this thing. We have to act like we're the, the third monkey trying to get on the arm. Fight the good fight of faith. And contend and lay hold on these things. Not give in. See, if God, if God didn't say it, you shouldn't believe it. Amen. So sometimes you need to sneak up on yourself and say, who said that? Who said that? Because if God didn't say it, guess what? Let's not believe it. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all believe that? Let's give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And let me just give you the fourth and fifth point of those five common denominators Number four is action or faith. Faith or action. Number five is persistence. Okay. Those are the five common denominators that people have when it, typically when it comes to receiving healing. So here I am. I'm laying in this hospital. And uh, I remember I, um, I remember looking out this window. And in my mind's eye, I was watching like a football game. Now some of you guys that understand football, you'll know what this means, but uh, I, was, I was watching this football game, and it was the fourth quarter, it was the two-minute warning, and, 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 and I was the visitor, and I was down by two touchdowns. Now, I'll give you the interpretation. <laughs> I'm losing. And I need to go on offense. And one of the things that I tell people is that miracles don't happen by accident. Let me say it to you again. Miracles don't happen by accident. Miracles, if you want a miracle, you plan it, you purpose it, and you do whatever it takes to get it. We're talking about fighting this morning. Believe in God, no matter what. You plan it, you purpose it, you do whatever it takes to get it. So our family, we came in agreement and said, you know what, we're going to do whatever it takes to get this thing. So you know what we did? We cut off the television, didn't allow people to come and visit. We shut out the negativity. And we said, you know what? We're going to create an atmosphere for God to move. Do you realize that you can create an atmosphere for God to move? And so as I, as I realized I was in the two-minute warning of my life, okay, I remember, I remember praying a prayer to the Lord, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you, if you heal me, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go, and, you know, and, and all of that. And uh, and so when, when I said that prayer, and, and I, believe me, I meant it. Uh, when I said that prayer, uh, all of a sudden everything changed. And, the, and, and it, it, I didn't see Jesus with my physical eyes, but I felt his presence come into that room. And the Holy Spirit, everybody said the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, he's, he's our helper. Yes. 
The Holy Spirit said to me, he said, Brian, if you do the things, the steps that I tell you to take, your healing will manifest. I said, steps? We you talking about steps? The Holy Spirit said, yeah, if you do the steps that I tell you to take, your healing will manifest. This morning we're talking about steps. We're talking about obedience. And one of the primary ways that God provides healing all right, and uh, is, is, is through us taking steps or acts of obedience. You know, we see in the Old Testament where Naaman went to the prophet, right? And the prophet didn't even come out and lay his hands on him. Amen. And he got offended over it. Why? Because Naaman was a commander. He was an important person, right? And, and, and the prophet just sent his servant out and said, Hey, go, go tell him to go to the Jordan River and dip seven times. Right? What, what was he doing? He was giving him steps. Steps of obedience. All right? Um, you know, in the, in the New Testament, we see Jesus, you know, where Mother, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the first miracle, she says, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. All right? And so here I am. I'm on the hospital. I'm going, steps. What do you mean, steps? I mean, I, mean, I, have, a, I have a role. I have a responsibility in all this. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, steps. And I said, well, what steps? And when I said that, immediately I knew in my heart the first step. I knew immediately I had had a situation that happened several years before. And I was carrying some unforgiveness. And, and, and the, the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to deal with that. And you know what my head said? Yeah, but that was a long time ago. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to call that person and get that situation right. And I'm like, but that was a long time ago. And I wouldn't even know their phone number. Well, the Holy Spirit just dropped a, a phone number in my spirit. I'm like, that's the, that, I know that's the right area code. I mean, you know, might have been a long time ago, but the Holy Spirit dropped that phone number in my spirit. And I'm like, Wow. I said, okay, okay, Lord, you said you would heal me if I do the steps that you tell me to take. So I picked up the phone, I reached over, and, and I started dialing that number. And sure enough, that person answered. I'm like, oh, I have no excuse now, right? And so I, I began to talk to that person, and, and uh, we, we got things right. I you know, asked forgiveness, and I received their forgiveness. And, and, and so... So on that phone call, uh, all right, we got everything tied up. We got everything wrapped up. And, and so I remember I, I, I set the phone down. And just like that, I just felt like this huge burden had lifted off my shoulders. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen. So two, two hours later, this nurse comes in my hospital room there. And she says, oh, my God, your kidneys are working. Your kidneys have been working for two and a half weeks. I said, what did you say? She said, your kidneys are working. I said, did you say my kidneys are working? She said, yes, I said your kidneys are working. And all of a sudden it hit me. What did the Holy Spirit say? If you do the steps, I will manifest. If you do this... I'll do that. So I got excited. All right, what's the second step? <laughs> the Lord showed me, hey, you know, you haven't really been tithing. <laughs> Remember Malachi chapter 3, right? Bring the tithes, offerings into the storehouse. There, there might be meat in my house. And, and the Lord says, for I will rebuke the devourer. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, the Lord will rebuke the devourer. Well, that's even better than me trying to rebuke the devourer. And then the Lord says, prove me. Prove me. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. And so, so I remember I turned to my, to my father and I said, you know, Dad, I, I have to repent. I, I haven't been tithing like I should have. And, and uh the Holy Spirit just, just showed me that. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to go back home. 
and I need you to withdraw this amount of money from, 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 from my bank account. And I, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I hope you, um, I hope you heal on credit. But you know what? We look at giving as an economic transaction, but it's really a heart transaction. So, you know, like, like our brother Dale says, you know, if, if, you, if you give the waitress 15 or 20%, you, you should at least give God 10% or more, right? And so, so, so that, was, that was the second step. Okay. Aren't you glad for steps? Amen. You know, the Bible says in Romans 4.12, it says that, that we follow the, the steps of faith like, like Abraham did. Did you know Abraham walked in faith? Abraham took steps, right? The Bible says he considered not his own body. He grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. He called things that be not as though they were. How many of y'all have called things that be not as though they were? Yeah, and so, so here I am in the hospital, and, and I've got the Word of God. Thank God for Proverbs 4.20. God says, my words are life and health and medicine to all of your flesh. I have the Word of God just, just plastered all over the hospital walls. I will live and not die. Declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. Come on now. 1 Peter 2, 24. By his stripes I was and I am healed. Jeremiah says, I will restore health unto you and heal you of all your wounds, says the Lord. And so we had, we had that word. We had faith, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, so we're speaking faith and we're speaking faith into the atmosphere. We're saying, I'm going to live and not die. I'm going I'm to, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Aren't you glad for the word this morning? The Word of God is a more sure word than any other word. But then what's happening with me on the inside is these steps. It's like the Word and then the Spirit. And so, so as, we, as a family, you know, we never knew anybody that had been through a situation like this. So we just started opening our Bible. We started whatever we could find, we'd begin to do. So we saw the word in James that if you, if you need healing, then go pray for somebody else that they might be healed. Just like sowing and reaping, right? So I got in a wheelchair and we went next door to each, each room. We, my mother and I, we just started praying for other people to be healed. Because whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap, all right? We, we saw in Proverbs where it says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Everybody say, ha, ha, ha. My dad, he brought in a joke book. So we had joke therapy. So every week he'd, he'd, he'd try to find a new joke book. And he, he'd come in and he'd tell jokes to me. And we would sit there and go, ha, 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 ha. You know, and just laugh. Because the, the Bible says that a merry heart doeth good. It, it acts just like a medicine. I remember one time I was hanging over the side of my bed and I was, I was vomiting. I was, I was, you know, and I was almost with my head on the floor, okay? And I just started laughing hysterically. I just said, ha, 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 ha. I said, the devil, it may look like you got me now, but you wait. You just wait because when I, when I, get, when I get back, I'm going to go around the world. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to give you two black eyes and you're going to forever regret that you ever attacked me. Come on, come on, church. Let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Well, do you all know what God's doing today? He's sitting up in the heavens and he's laughing. He is. He's sitting up in the heavens and he's laughing at his enemies. At his enemies. Everybody say, laughter doeth good. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, Joy is the serious business of heaven. Amen. So if you want to have some serious business going on, just start laughing. Amen. Then we looked at the power of praise. How many know there's power in praise? Yes. So we're just talking to you about 
acts of obedience this morning. So I started praising the Lord. I started walking around the whole circumference of the hospital floor, just praising. How I many know there's a pre-praise, right? And I started pre-praising. I started thanking the Lord that He was my healer, that He was He had already healed me, and by Jesus' stripes I am healed, and, and I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody just lift up your hands right now. Just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands right where you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 So, so what is God saying? What word is he quickening? You know, it doesn't take a lot to be healed. I had a lady run into church last week. She said, you remember me? I said, I'm not sure. She said, you were in the hospital. Came to visit me three months ago. I'm a Muslim. Oh, yeah. You had a translator. Yeah. She said, all you told me was to lift up my hands. She was diagnosed with three types of cancer, given less than two months to live. And I told her, this is what the Lord says. You do what the Lord says, you'll get his result. The Lord says, just lift up your hands. Say, Jesus, you're my healer. Just that simple. Lift up your hands. Jesus, you're my healer. Just begin to say, Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're my healer. I said, you need to say it at least a hundred times a day. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're my healer. Why? Because Jesus will become to you who you declare him to be. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're my healer. She said, I did it. I did it thousands of times. And in two weeks, I came out of the hospital. I was completely healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, receiving healing and ministering healing involve the same principle. What did Jesus say about the Father? He said, I and my Father are what? One. I can only say what I hear my Father say. I only do what I see my Father do. See, it, it, it works both ways, whether we're on the receiving end or whether we're on the ministering end. And if we're on the ministering end, if you will say what God tells you to say and do what He tells you to do, guess what? It will bring His kingdom into manifestation. So if you want to see God do things, you want to see God really manifest at Walmart or in the grocery store, you just look to your heart and you just simply say what God tells you to say or do what He tells you to do. Everybody say, just do it. My wife one time was praying over this lady who had terminal cancer. She was 72 years of age. And uh, she simply said to her, she's praying, she said, this is what the Lord told me to tell you. He loves you today. Just as much as He loves you when you were eight years of age playing on that playground. When she was eight years of age, she was playing on a playground and she was talking to Jesus. And all of a sudden, the cancer disappeared. I prayed for a young lady who was 20. She had been to so many different week-long theophostic healing places. She was 14 years of age. She was a gymnast. And within months, she, um, she nearly became paralyzed. She had an autoimmune system and all kinds of other complications. 
So she went from this very active, active young girl to all of a sudden confined to a wheelchair. And then for six years, you know, she had been to all these different places. And so when I met her, I said, well, let me pray for you. She had 68 tumors in her body. And I said to her, I said, this is what the Lord is saying. There's nothing wrong with your faith. And it broke. All of a sudden, she started crying. I said, there's nothing wrong with your faith. She said, I needed to hear that. Because other people have told me otherwise. I said, no, I'm telling you what the Lord says. There's nothing wrong with your faith. You wouldn't still be alive if it hadn't been for your faith. And do you know what? She woke up the next morning and 65 tumors out of 68 had dissolved. See, we're, we're talking about receiving but also ministering. How many of you want to be a vessel to minister to other people? I mean, I could tell you dozens and dozens of stories like this. You know, I love what Brother Hagen used to say. He said, if you'll, <clears throat> if you'll live out of your spirit, in the realm of the spirit, you'll defeat the devil every time. How I many I want to see the devil defeated every time? Amen. Hallelujah. So I know I've gone over probably a little bit here. But so let's all just lift up our hands one more time. And so whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's the key to all miracles. Thank God for his word, right? He sent his word and it healed us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He'll lead you out of sickness into healing. The Holy Spirit will lead you out of defeat into victory. The Holy Spirit will lead you out of bondage into liberty. Hallelujah. I just want you to begin to say, Jesus, you're my healer. Thank you, Jesus. You provided. You purchased my healing 2,000 years ago. At the cross. Thank you, Jesus. That with your stripes, I was healed. And by your stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Lord, that you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, you're my physician. You're my healer. You're the Lord, my doctor. Thank you, Jesus, that you purchased, that you provided everything for me. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, show me new truths that I may walk in. Holy Spirit, show me anything that I haven't seen. And help me to receive and to walk in everything that has been provided for me through Jesus Christ. Come on, church, let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.